Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 383, Hanging with Chubbs at the Hunting Camp. And I am your co-host, and the guy who, a day ago, sounded like one of the fun girls from Mount Pilot. I know exactly what that reference is to. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm your co-host and the guy who is six and a half hours from glory. Uh-huh. Well, that's a, yes, sir. That's a little prelude and also a little, I guess, a, a foreshadowing on your countdown as well. Yeah, same so, as the countdown. I'll be turkey hunting at, well, I guess I'll be leaving to go turkey hunting at 4 a.m. in the morning after arriving at 2 a.m. tonight. So, or I guess in the morning. But regardless, tomorrow begins the 2022 turkey season for me. Very good. And I know, I know 
if anybody doesn't get your reference, could you could you tell them who the fun girls from Mount Pilot are? So <laughs> you know that I'm in a networking group and we meet once a week and they foolishly let me be president this year. And so I have to head up the meeting every week. Nice. Yeah. So at this week's meeting, opening everything up, I said, you know, hey, I sound like one of the fun girls from Mount Pilot. There are 26 people in that room, counting me. And you would not believe the blank stares I got from that group. Then finally goes, finally one guy goes, oh, I get it. And I look around, I'm seriously? There's two people in this entire room that know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And then one of the the ladies that sit, she was sitting up front today. She said, "No, Andrew, I know exactly what you're talking about. I watch Andy Griffith all the time. Like, Three people out of twenty five or twenty six people know what I'm talking about. That's it. What does this world That's, come to? I got that immediate. I mean, Mount Pilot. Hey, I mean, I've only ever heard of that place once in my life, and it's on Andy Griffith. And <laughs> when you said the fun girls, I immediately thought of that smoker sounding." Hey, darling, you know, yeah. girls from that yeah. episode. I'm Daphne, the fun girl from yeah. Mount Pilot. Hello, doll. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's so, it. yeah, I got a got a little bit of a sinus infection that, well, it comes from doing a control burn on Saturday and just about getting smoked out. It was it was pretty, pretty bad at a, in a couple of places at a couple of times, and just breathing all that in, man, I had a some sort of allergic reaction to it Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. And then, of course, you know, for me, I've got to try to get ahead of the game around the house before I disappear for 60 days. And yep. one of those things in getting ahead of the game is I've got, to, I've got yard work to do. So we go out and do yard work on Sunday. And I'm not even going to say we were raking leaves. I was sucking leaves up with the lawnmower and it just compounded the issue and so it got pretty bad sunday night i think i might have slept i don't know all totaled maybe two hours sunday night just from being up being miserable better now than than when the show starts you know well you better believe that the other thing too is other than the yard work i wouldn't trade it for the world you know, getting to do another control burn, man, that's that's good times. That's worth the sinus infection right there. That's right. We The rains have been so perfectly spaced out here that we cannot get another burn going. But I'm okay with burning, and I know what the scientists say. We've talked about this before. I'm okay burning maybe the first week or two of April, but after that, we're not burning. I just can't. I won't be able to sleep at night thinking I fried an egg. So we're... We will possibly be doing some turkey hunting and midday burning at the same time for the first two weekends if, if we can get some dry weather. Yeah. Yeah. But well, hopefully that'll happen. I'm glad you get, how many acres did you get done? Oh, it was about seven. Not a huge burn, hey, but it hey, was. Hey, you think about a seven acre food plot, that's a pretty big amount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at these national forests and they burn thousands of acres you yeah know. so to burn seven is not much but still you know every little bit helps yeah absolutely and man it opened that place up goodness gracious oh, yeah. alive it's just unbelievable how much a fire will open up the the landscape yeah 
but seven acres is where a hen decides to brood, you'll be happy you have it, you know? Yeah. And maybe that'll help some little turkeys come out. Yes, indeed. Well, how, how many days do you have do you get cranking? Everybody knows I'm, I'm now counting hours, so that, yeah. that, just, that just sounds good. Yeah, that's enough to be jealous about right there. <laughs> but I'm not too terribly far behind you. I'm at 15 days, 12 hours, zero minutes, and two seconds. Two, two weeks in a sleep, you're there. You got it. You got yeah, it. That's, that's awesome. exactly right. You'll be on the daily grind at that point. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have kind of some little choppy trips and sleep, you know, intermittent at home and then, then get on the daily grind here about a week after you. So 21 yeah. days. There you go. But yeah, it, uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully I'll be able to report back next week with my first success of the year and can't help but be a success when I'm getting to go hang out in the spring woods and chase turkeys. So it'll be a success. Just see if there's any meat involved. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm trying to decide as I watch the sign at the corner gas station every single day change every single day, sometimes two times a day, trying to decide how much of a mortgage I need to take out on the house this spring to be able to go hunting every single day this spring like I'm going to do. So hopefully we'll get this oil situation nailed down and gas prices will stabilize and come back down sometime soon but i don't have much hope this will be another interesting case study like we talked about the first covid year of 2020 you know we we kind of knew huh, a lot of people are hunting all of a sudden it'll be interesting to see if this year slows down some of the non-resident travel yeah and i think there's i think it kind of has to i mean i mean you you're looking at my car, which I travel to hunt in a small sedan that gets 30 miles a gallon, which all of a sudden looks a lot smarter this year <laughs> than it did in the past, but I'm glad I have it now. Yeah. And I filled up, I remember specifically filling up two or three, it was when I went to Georgia two or three years ago for $28, I filled my entire car up. Mm-hmm. And I just filled up on this trip for 75. Wow. So that's a pretty massive difference of cost. And I would have to think with flights, rental cars, hotels, and gas, yeah. all inflating at, at pretty incredible numbers. And that's going to run through those stimulus checks that were helping fuel everybody to get out a couple springs ago pretty fast. Yeah. Well, you left out food and ammo. Yeah. If you can find ammo. If you can find it, that's exactly right. So it it, it will be interesting. I mean, I, I think your guys, what will be interesting about this year to me is I think your guys, like you and I, who this is our life, you know, like this, this travel to hunt deal is just part of the year every year and has been for a long time. I think they'll probably continue at least to, at some capacity, but I think some of the maybe new hunters who – we're looking at doing another trip this year, maybe like, eh, I think I'm going to save some money on that one. Yeah. It'll, at, it'll be interesting. Look at going next year when hopefully there's no war going on that affect that is affecting oil prices and, you know, yeah. just take a, take a little small sabbatical from traveling yeah. and turkey hunting. I, I think there's going to be quite a few people that, that do that. You know, it's, 
I mean, it's really, it's bad when you have to give up things that you enjoy doing to take care of the necessities that we all have to have, like food and shelter and, yeah, you know, but it's, it's just a way of life. We all have to do it. So, yep. yeah, I mean, you, know. you look at this trip, for instance, even if I camped and had no hotel, nothing, I mean, bare minimum, it's still going to be several hundred dollars. Yeah. Whereas two or three years ago, this trip would have cost me like a hundred bucks if I camped. Right. And so, I mean, so you, you just, I just don't see how it couldn't slow down the travel, which I don't like that it's happening, but for the turkey's sake, it, it may be well-timed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, I think if they got a, they had a great hatch last year, I think in a lot of the country, and if they got kind of a break from the human pressure this year, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, we, we may have a good little rebound. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, pure speculation though. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll have to get some of our, you know, biologists or, or folks like Dr. Chamberlain kind of track these statistics on maybe after season and see what they saw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got a great interview, a great episode for you guys today. We have oh, yeah. our buddy Kenny Mount on the show with us today, and you guys probably know Kenny as Chubbs from Penhody Project and Dave's videos. And Kenny has been one of our most popular guests on the show over the past couple of years. I mean, you guys, and and rightly so, I mean, Cameron and I love him, but you guys love him. You know, just no nonsense, straight up, here's my thought about this. And, you know, he gives you some things to think about in a different light. And so... Yep, and, and he doesn't have to worry about getting any Facebook comments because he's not on there. So. Yeah, there you go. He could care less what you have to say on Facebook. Yeah, he won't ever see it, so who cares? That's exactly right. But yeah. He, he is, I mean, he's just an easy guest to have. We never have prepared a topic when we talk to Kenny. It's just like, you know it's going to be good. And so we just go through this with a, a long talk. And so this is actually going to be a two-part series because this was about a two-hour conversation. Yeah. And so we're going to split it in two parts, and that way it, it just would be a lot to have a you know three-hour-long podcast. And I know Joe Rogan does that, but we're going to split it into two. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's a bit much, personally. Those two, two-and-a-half, three-hour shows, it's just too much for me. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head. We don't have to prepare a topic with Chubbs, and that's why the title of this episode is what it is. You know, we're not literally at the hunting camp with Chubbs, but we might as well be because these are conversations and discussions that we'd be having at the hunting camp if Kenny were there. And Yeah, pretty, are, pretty much exactly right. I yeah. mean, I really enjoyed it. I think y'all will enjoy it. We got two parts as i said so next week you'll hear kenny again and finish it out but you're gonna really enjoy this week's and i think we should just go ahead and hop in there let's get it on all right see you guys on the other side hey everybody cameron and i are glad to tell you we have on the show with us today i'm gonna call him an old friend even though well you know what i'll just go ahead and just insult him right off the bat i guess he's old 
he's like my age old and he is a friend we've had him on the show a few times now and he's always one of our most popular guests we have on the show and it is mr kenny mount who many of you guys listening to this know as chubb from the penhody project so kenny how are you sir Oh, just, I mean, just sitting here wondering how the heck I'm going to make it to Friday if the, if the rest of the week was like today. So, I don't know. Doing pretty good, though, man. Just getting jacked up for what's around the corner. Heck it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're not already ready to roll at this point in the game, then good luck. That's all I can say, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> you're late to the ball game. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I got, I'm not going to say in trouble because I stay in trouble at home, but I got half of one butt cheek chewed on this past week because my wife found my turkey hunting calendar and look oh, yeah <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't care about me traveling around to turkey hunt and that kind of stuff it's important to her for me to let her know where i'm going and when i'm going and i hadn't done that yet she's like you got turkey season all planned out and you don't even have our vacation planned for this year i'm like look i'll plan our vacation in <laughs> May on maybe October 1st and we'll leave on October 8th. That's plenty of time to plan the vacation. Turkey season. Seriously. It's a lot of coordinating, you know. I've got six states I'm trying to hit this year and you know, it's just you got this state comes in at this time, but this state's not and then these two states are in the same time this other state comes in and it just is a lot of juggling and making sure that I'm in the right place when I'm supposed to be and I don't show up in a state two weeks before their season actually opens to try to kill a turkey. So it's like, yeah. you, you need to lighten up a little bit, you know? Don't be so <laughs> serious. So that didn't help either. But yeah. Well, it's about priorities, and let's face it, I mean, that kind of stuff's not a priority right now, and really nothing is, you know? So you got to you got to do what counts and plan what counts, and that's turkey hunting. Like I told mine, you know, after this weekend, this was the last BS weekend, you know, she had – Wanted to get away, hadn't taken a weekend off and I don't know how long. And so she wanted to go up to the mountains for the weekend. And I told her, I said, look, I'll do it. <clears throat> but I want you to know this. This is it until June. <laughs> I mean, we're, this is it. I'll suck it up. I'll go up there with you, you know, Saturday and come home Sunday. But this is it. No more. No more. We're not going to Bed Bath & Beyond. No fun weekends at Home Depot. If you need something from Bed Bath & Beyond, saddle up and go grab it because I don't have time for that crap. It's yeah. <laughs> so, just, just how it is, you know? Oh, yeah. We'll leave that for Will Ferrell to take care of on those fun Saturdays. Yes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. No, it's, it's time to, to, if you're not getting mentally and physically prepared right now, you're going to be just in a world of hurt come opening day. And I will say this, wherever your opening day is, I hope that those of you who are not mentally and physically prepared are somewhere a long way from me. No doubt. Which that's about 99.99% of the guys you run into these days, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Kenny, do you do any exercises pre-turkey season or do you just go hike or anything? You wouldn't look at me and tell in those videos with Dave, but believe it or not, yeah, pretty much all year long. I mean, you have to, not only just for, you know, longevity in life, whether you turkey hunt or not. I mean, it's kind of like that old saying, if you if you don't, you know, use it, you're going to lose it. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like I feel like you need to move physically just like you do with your job if you, you know, have a job that, you know, uses a lot of mental capacity or whatever it's so important. I mean, not only for turkey hunting, but just everything. And whether you walk, lift, 
run, swim, whatever. You got to do something. And but but turkey hunting in the hills and where you're climbing and stuff, it's so unique because, for instance, somebody could say, "All right, let, I want to start getting in shape for turkey hunting." They go get on a treadmill, and even if you elevate it. Yes, anything is better than nothing. But when you're planting your feet, for example, at the same angle and all that, you know, step after step, it's so different than climbing through the woods. You don't use all the muscles that you use when you're climbing. So I said all that to say this. If you hunt in hilly country, the best thing to do is walk hilly country. Yeah. Like get out there and put some weight on your back and uh, climb and climb at angles and stuff like that because you can walk around your neighborhood to your blue in the face and it is going to help you. Anything you're doing to move is going to help you, but it's not going to, you're not going to be out there open in the morning and have to climb six, 700 feet to try to get above a turkey or get even with him. And it's good. You're going to be like, what the hell? I feel like I haven't even done anything, you know? <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, it's really important, man. And I think guys that don't do it, it's just like the first time I talked to you guys, we talked about calling for a little bit about people wanting to become a better caller. It's the same thing, man. If you want to be a good turkey hunter, get get moving, get in shape. I mean, if you see some guys, and I haven't been to the NWTF convention in years or sports show for that matter, I'm good on owl hooters and hog catching pins and trips to the Bahamas and all the other crap they sell at those shows now. <laughs> but, you know, and you see a lot of those guys, and I know it's not a cool thing to judge a book by its cover. We won't go down that road because look at me, for God's sakes. But you can just tell a lot of times when you see somebody that they're either hunting off a golf cart or you can – very few guys that weigh 350 pounds. And I know Ben Lee was an exception to the rule because he was supposedly just lethal on every turkey he fooled with. You just – you can't – you just can't physically get after turkeys like you're supposed to if you're – if you can't walk 10 feet without giving out of breath. I don't care how good you call. I yeah. mean, it's it's – there's just so much to it. And you can ask those guys like Dave and some of those other guys that I hunt with periodically. I'm a big guy, but they'll probably tell you they're like, you know, I'm not going to quit on a turkey. And a lot of it's in between your ears. How bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people, I'm glad you brought that up because you never hear people talk about that. And that's oh, yeah. just as important as calling. It's just as important as TSS, whatever the heck else everybody likes to talk about now turkey vest i mean good god it goes on and on you know yeah my dad kind of got me into exercising pretty young and i don't think newton meant for this to be the way to use this when he said his first law of motion but my dad always said a body in motion tends to stay in motion meaning you you live longer and you're ready to roll when you need to absolutely I, I think it's dead on because, and I'll be serious. Like my turkey hunting for me is a huge motivational factor to get up in the morning and get moving. Cause you know, I'll be worn out like mentally or physically. Like I don't want to fool with this. And I'll just kind of think, you know what? I'm going to be worn out day 40 of turkey season too, but I got to get up and go, you know? Yeah. So it kind of builds up mental strength too. And when you get my age, man, like it, you need all the motivation you can get to go to the gym and throw around weight or <laughs> do do all that stuff. It's it's not as it's not as easy as it was when I was in my twenties and early thirties and stuff. But you, you know, I go to the gym. I went to the gym after work today, and you know, I see all these guys, and they first off, I don't know how the heck they drink all that water. They're carrying like two milk jugs full of water. <laughs> And I'm like, what? Good God, dude. I mean, you don't need, are you, how many days are you going to be in here? <laughs> but 
in all seriousness, you know, like you see these guys throwing around heavyweight, trying to look like Ronnie Coleman and all that, but you that's the last thing you want to do is be some Hulk trying to turkey hunt because I'm a big guy, you know, as far as just the way I'm built. And I, I see these little guys at turkey hunt. I wish I was a little guy in turkey season because it's a lot easier to crawl. It's a lot easier to blend in. And, you know, man, I mean, the smaller you are, the better The better you can probably be a turkey hunter than if you're, you know, a big ogre-looking guy like myself. So You slip up on one every now and then. Yeah, but it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know, slipping up on one period is hard, whether you're small, medium, big, or whatever. But, yeah, it's definitely more because you got to – you know, you gotta you gotta pay attention more because you're gonna, you're gonna break more sticks and there's just a lot more to hide. You know, those guys, you know, the, the, with the whole chubs thing and you know the whole <laughs> banana nut muffin thing and all that kind of stuff. It's it's funny, but it's I don't know. There's there's more to it than that. Like you really you really have to pay attention to every detail when you do this stuff from from your physical shape to your mental shape and because you're right, man. If you're gonna hit it for 50, 60, 70 days of spring, I mean, when you hit that fourth week fifth week sixth week or whatever i don't care who you are you're i mean i've got up in the morning you know used to i used to eat some breakfast before i go out and fill a cereal bowl with orange juice or you know <laughs> you just start doing stupid stuff yeah. because you're just you're just taxed out yeah you got it you got to keep powering through it you know and it's stuff like that is just so important that people don't talk about you know you might fill the bowl with orange juice but then that first gobble hits you in the morning and all of a sudden your senses are back <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean yeah. Right. Then then, it, then I'll just make another bonehead move. But you're right. I mean it definitely grounds you for sure. Yeah. But yeah. So for you, your your post Super Slam Chubbs, post Super Slam Kenny. What's right. your plan for this year? Are you still getting out and exploring some different areas of the country? Yeah, and you know it's getting so dang complicated to turkey hunt these days. Instead of just jumping in the car and going to some places on the front end here, like we used to have options to do. Yep. You know, it's it doesn't exist, and of course, you know, maybe we'll hit on that here shortly tonight because I'm mad as a hornet about it, to be honest, and you guys talk to people on a weekly basis, I would assume, and know far more about it than I do. So that's definitely thrown a wrench for myself and a lot of people I know on what we're going to do on the front end. It's just hard to fathom that, that I live in the southeast, and my whole life up until now, I just about could have banked on turkey hunt if not the if not the fifteenth of March by the twentieth of March, and that wasn't in just Alabama because the first ten plus years of my turkey hunting career, Alabama started on March the twentieth, and it wasn't until the early two thousands I think that they backed it back to the fifteenth, and South Carolina for years came in on the fifteenth on public. Mississippi, you know, has had an early opener for a while now. And with all these regulations, it's hard to believe that a man living in this part of the country can't hunt turkeys unless he gets lucky in a certain instance or two till the 1st of April. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, right. I can't speak for where Andy hunts in Alabama or anyone else that's listening, but for the latitude and longitude that I turkey hunt a lot, you're missing some dang good turkey hunting by not hunting some in March. Now, biologically, people are going to say, you know, I've heard the argument where you're killing all the old gobblers. Well, <laughs> been doing it since I've been alive and hasn't really, I'm not saying there's not areas in southern Alabama and Georgia and all over the country that aren't really, really hurting on that. I believe that. I believe that's true. But I just don't know if it's because people are overkilling all of them. I, I don't know if it's the shotguns that are doing it or the increased pressure. I just, I don't have enough data 
personally. I don't, I'm not a biologist. I don't understand all that. But I think if you really want to really want to tick me off even more is to tell me if I had private land, I can hunt a week earlier than people like me that don't have private land. And yeah. that's just, you guys may have the answer to that because it doesn't make sense to where I sit. Like I can hunt Alabama. I can't hunt Alabama now till what, April the 1st? I can't hunt Georgia now till April the 9th yeah. on public land. And I'm like, is this getting ready to turn into a money game like whitetail hunting where you, you have to go join a club to turkey hunt the first week of the season? Or I don't know because... I think it already Man, is. it frustrates me. It frustrates me, and you guys are probably going to disagree with me, and that's cool. That's why we're all here. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not digging it. I'm not happy about it. I haven't been happy about it since it started. If you got, if they, if the state said, okay, Alabama, we're going to move your season from March 15th, or you know, it's fluctuated some in the past couple of years to the 20 whatever that the 26th that saturday or the 25th the friday that it's the private opens yeah. for everyone okay cool we all take it on the chin and we go on about our business but to say you got private you can hunt on the 25th if you're going to hunt public you got to wait a week yeah. why are you why are you going to punish the public land guys i i guarantee you more people hunt private land in this state than public oh yeah yeah in alabama there's there's no doubt about it I mean, there's just because there's so much more private ground. But, sure. you know, I kind of look at that a little bit differently, and maybe I'm living in la-la land, but... I'm sure if anyone here is living in la-la land, it's going to be me. So. I don't know, Kenny. <laughs> I don't know. Let, let me tell you my theory on that. And, and listen, I'm totally prepared for you just to laugh me off of my chair when I say this. But I kind of look at that like our... WMAs and our national forests are, to an extent, a controlled environment, meaning that you could set a different bag limit in those areas. Now, we're not even going to talk about how hard that's going to be to enforce, but just let me finish getting through my little scenario here. You could set a different bag limit in that area. You could set a different season date in that area. You could set a different requirement of, hey, you can't shoot jakes in these areas and come back in three years, five years and study that and say, how did that affect the hunting on that piece of ground? How did that affect the turkey population on that piece of ground? Whereas making a, and Mike Chamberlain, if you're listening to this, don't get PO'd at me and shoot me an email. But if you move the entire state's open date back a week, 10 days, 15 days, whatever it is, in a state like, and I'm going to use Alabama for example, because it is where I hunt most often, that a state like Alabama that is 350, 400 miles from the southern border of the state to the northern border of the state, yeah, that's harder to manage. It's harder in my mind to say, okay, Moving the season date back was effective in, in us being able to get some more hens bred by some of these dominant toms. But when you're looking at a concentrated area like a WMA, then it's a little bit easier, I think, to say, hey, this is effective. Let's consider this for the entire state. And maybe I haven't talked to anyone in the state of Alabama or anyone at any other state agency in for another state to say that, yes, that's why they're doing it. I, I couldn't tell you that that's why they're doing it. But to me, 
you got to be able to look at that as kind of a proving ground or a test ground. And hopefully that's what they're doing. So I don't know. To your point about the north and south thing, I I just can't imagine being a Georgia guy who has land that is touching Florida, basically, in the southern portion and not getting to start till April, whatever, 7th. I mean, that just seems, I could see maybe in the mountains, but those are two different ecosystems. And that's something I've never understood why the states in the south don't use zones more. Like uh, for years when, when I was living in Auburn going to school, we had we had gotten a deer club in that part of the state when I was really young, when I was like getting into deer hunting. And the funny thing is, when I went to school at Auburn, you know, I'd start, I was listening. I'd go out and listen well, well before the season started. And I don't, I don't know the exact time frame because every year was different. But those turkeys, and I may be the only one in the world that thinks this, they would gobble. And they were consistently gobbling earlier in the season than they do where I live, currently live. Now, am I talking eight weeks early? No. But you could go out and hear turkeys gobbling typically a week to 10 days consistently earlier than you would and, and where I live now, if you had similar weather and similar winters and stuff like that, a lot of variables, obviously, that can hold it back or push it forward or whatever. Yeah. But I've often said, like, you know, I don't know why we moved it back to the 15th. I've heard the people in Southern State were raising cane about it or whatever. I don't know if that's true or not. But I do know the move, moving it back to 15th, it wasn't anything that a lot of people that I know that hunt in my area, we didn't just start jumping up and down for it. Did I resent it or anything? No, not really. As long as I could turkey hunt, I really didn't give a dang. Right. But the bottom line is I often thought, let's draw a line across the state. Let's give those boys a few days early down there if they want it. And then let's let's have like split seasons yep. to affect, you know, because what turkeys do in northern Alabama is totally different than they do in southern Alabama. I used to hunt really north Georgia, and I had a friend of mine that was hunting central Georgia. And his turkeys were doing totally different things than the turkeys I were doing Absolutely. that I was hunting. And we were talking a hour and a half, two hour drive difference. Mm -hmm. And it was just like his turkeys were always a week, week and a half ahead of mine. And I'm not a biologist, but like I'm up for whatever. And I had someone explain it to me that knows quite a bit more about the biological and political aspects of this game. And it it made some sense to me. The CAB board or what's the Conservation Advisory Board in the state of Alabama, they're not necessarily made up of, you know, wildlife biologists and people like that. They may lean more toward the political side and have more political affiliations than they do state wildlife affiliations. Right. And his point was just, to me, was just spot on. The, The state wildlife or state game and fish department, they can control the public lands. They can set the dates and all that crap on the on the public lands. The last thing they can't they can't control is private land. And the politicians, if if you tick off the people who own all the private land, like you said, which is far outweighs public, well then you could have more negative backlash from the political side of this whole thing. It's easier to control a management area or a chunk of government land than it is private land. So I don't know if that made sense or not, but when he explained it to me the way he did, it just drove it home. And I was like, that is a very I – had, I had not thought of it in that manner. Yeah. And it's kind of like – I don't know, man. 
I'm not saying we need to have free reign and we need to be able to go out here and start killing turkeys when we feel like we need to go start killing turkeys. Right. But man, when you live in this part of the country and you're telling people you can't hunt them at all in March, that's tough. Like, I mean, and I'm not, you know, we discussed this the first time we ever talked. I'm not this wearing public land t-shirts and hats and all that just to let everybody know I hunt public land. But when you grow up in a part of the state that has like hundreds of thousands of acres of it your whole life, you have no need to go join a hunting club. I don't have a problem with a hunting club or hunting private land at all. I wish I had five or 10,000 acres. (laughs) But for the people that don't, now you're taking away their right to turkey hunt. And it's, I know it's just a week, but that week and that time of the year, yeah, can be a big deal to some of us, you know. Yeah, no Only, doubt. Hey, Kenny, it's just frustrating. I, I never thought that this would be happening. I mean, you know, I guess you turkey hunt so long, and things, you know, you you got to know things are always going to change at some point, some juncture, things are going to change. Yeah, hey, man, now it's happening to this, and it's like I can't believe this is really happening. You'll love this story, Kenny. So I'm going to say, and I'd have to go back and look at the dates to be 100% sure, but I'm going to say it was spring of 2003 when the state of Alabama pushed the season back, or, or I should say up, to March the 15th. And we were, when I say we, it was me, my buddy Chip, that I went, I've known Chip for a long, long time. Our, our dads were in the same hunting club years ago when we were growing up. And we were on our way, a couple of other hunting buddies as well, we're on our way back to Birmingham from a hunt in another state out west. And we're sitting in the Dallas airport. And I'm kind of like you. I typically don't wear camo anywhere, you know, unless I'm actually going into the woods. But one of the guys that I was with had on a camo hat. And, well, here come these this group of hunters to wait for their plane to go from Dallas to Birmingham. They were getting on the plane, the same plane we were getting. And they come to the gate in the airport and sit down beside us and start chatting. You know, you guys been out hunting somewhere? Yeah, you know, we were in such and such state. Where, where were you guys being? Oh, we were down in such and such. And uh, do you have any luck? You know, so all the chit-chat kind of fades away. And one of them says, hey, I'm on the conservation advisory board in the state of Alabama. And I'm one of the guys responsible for moving the season up to March the 15th. What did y'all think about that? My buddy Chip <laughs> looks that dude dead in the eyes and said, I think it's terrible. I think it's the worst thing that anybody could have ever done to the wild turkeys in the state of Alabama. And that, uh, it was like you took a pen and popped that guy's bubble. I'd have bought Chip a beer. I like the way he thinks. Yeah. And the guy said, what do you mean? And he said, I have hunted on March the 20th when it's been cold and raining and the turkeys are all hinned up and the turkeys are doing their thing in mid to late March and they've all got hens and I'd much rather push the season back when the 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 toms are not all hinned up and they're gobbling good instead of go earlier in the season when the turkeys are not gobbling and call it hunting he said to me if i'm going out in the woods and the to turkey hunt and the turkeys are not gobbling well that's deer hunting i've just been deer hunting that's what i'm doing and this guy just was he was like well i I hunt in south alabama and you know where there's some years when the season's over 
down there come March the 20th. And, you know, that's why we did what we did. And Chip said, well, I think it was just a terrible move. I think it was awful. So this guy just was crushed because he thought that he was going to get a pat on the back from everybody there, but he didn't get that at all. Man, I tell you, dude, if I bump into that guy this March into Texas in an airport in Texas, and he comes up and he says, hey, dude, I happen to be so and so. I'm the one for bumping it into the 1st of April. You're going to see somewhere where I was arrested for assault charges <laughs> because, I mean, straight up, because it's it's just like if, if, if we're trying if we're trying to control how many turkeys are killed the first part of the season. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I'd be willing to bet you guys case of Zima, whatever tickles you fancy. <laughs> that there's far more turkeys killed in the state of Alabama, especially on the front of the season, because that's when the majority of the turkeys are killed on private land than there is public. It's just a volume issue. Yeah, You've got more private land, like Andy said. More people hunt private land, okay? You come hunt around where I hunt, you may know some people killing some turkeys on the beginning of the season, middle of the season, end of the season, whenever, but most people aren't. <laughs> I mean, it's just it just goes back to that law, the the whole ninety ten thing we talked about a year ago. It doesn't matter where you're hunting, public, private, on the moon. I don't care. You got about ten percent of the guys doing it that are doing ninety percent of your killing. Absolutely. Now, I, I just I don't know. Like I said, I haven't spent days and weeks listening to the Chamberlain podcast and and all that. The guy knows has forgot more than I'll ever know about the biological aspects of it. But from a hunting standpoint. <laughs> I don't claim to know anything about it, but just in almost 30 years of doing it in the same part of the country, for the, especially for that time of the year, you know, mid-March, late March, 1st of April, it's just, it's just almost gut-wrenching because are they ever going to go back? Can they ever come back in two to three, four, five, six years and say, okay, we're going to give the public land guys the last of March? I know they have to do their research and all those, you know, tests and all that kind of deal before we would ever find that out. But very rarely do you see situations where people change things back to the way they were. It's It's really hard to get stuff back once it's gone. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, as long as we have more and more and more turkey hunters, the answer to that question is going to be no. It will never, it will never come back as long as that's the case. But you know, if this and you bring up a good point with that, and that's not something when you were telling that story that I thought about, man. I'd rather, I'd almost rather go back to deal with the fiascos I've dealt with with the past two years and not lose that week of hunting. It's a double-edged sword because I like. Some of the other states have really tightened down on the non-resident hunting. We're not going to go into detail, but and have made it almost impossible for the public non-resident to hunt if you're not a very lucky man. Right. And I don't want to knock non-residents out of coming down here and hunting. Do they need to regulate it some? I really don't have an issue with regulating it like so many other states are regulated, like Iowa and a whole bunch of other states where you got to put your name in a hat and get drawn. I don't have the answers for all this. Do I like the fact that these guys can't come down here in the third week of March and camp out and hog all the spots and cause conflict for all the local guys? I love it. It's, I mean, it's great. You know, the more for me, the, the better, honestly. But there comes a line with that, like, I don't want to give up my season for that, you know. And, and this goes back to our second conversation we had last June. Yeah, you got to be a little selfish with this. And I am kind of trying not to look at it like I'm, 
you know, thinking all about me and my hunting. And we do have to do what's right for the turkey. Don't get me wrong, but, and we're not going to make the right decision every time, but it's just really hard for me to accept it. I know I have to, I have to put my big boy pants on and, you know, put my toys up and get out of the sandbox and all that crap. But it's just hard to fathom that, like, you could be sitting at the house, you know, the third week of March, the last week of March, because you're not in a hunting club or you don't have private land to hunt, you know, if you're not lucky enough to go to another state or do whatever you can do to fill that gap. But yeah, yeah. it's just, it's, it's hard to believe. I mean, it, and I think it would affect, like, how would you feel, Andy, if they said you couldn't hunt private till the first day? I mean. If it was the same for everyone, meaning. Yeah, it'd be easier. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's much easier. But do you feel like you'd be giving up some good hunting sacrifice in maybe the last seven to ten days of March, or do you feel that there are truly too many turkeys being killed in that time frame that is truly negatively impacting the population? Oh man, I hate to answer a question with another question. Are you giving me those days back on the back end of the season? You can have them whenever you want them, as long as it's not the front. Absolutely, okay. just take them back in, in May, whatever. If you're giving them back to me on the back end of the season, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Make it April one. Yeah. See, that's unique because, like, you know, they did give us a few days at the end of uh, the end or the first of May here. What two years ago started or last? Yeah, two years ago, yeah. give or take. So they May 2nd, May the 3rd, whatever. You know, it's funny because the area I hunt a lot in Alabama, can you kill turkeys, goblin, and looking for hen in the 1st of May? 150% you can. Georgia has closed ever since I've been hunting it on May the 15th. And I have found turkeys on May the 15th in Georgia that acted like it was March the 20th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a general rule of thumb, though, and this is just my experience, a, almost a pile of your younger gobblers, like two-year-olds and stuff like that, that have survived, a lot of them are flocking back up at that point. Right. Even your roost goblin, which I, in my case, I always find that the later it gets, end of April, 1st of May, turkeys tend to gobble later on the roost. They, It's warmer. It's just at that first crack of daylight, like the 1st of April, you don't hear the goblin that you hear first of April, at the end of April, at the time phase you, you were hearing it. Does that make sense? Yep. Typically, they gobble later. Now, this is just my experiences, and I could be totally wrong with this, but I can go to a spot on May the 2nd and stand there, and it can be daylight for 15 minutes before I hear a turkey gobble on the limb. He's probably been up for 45 minutes to an hour, but then he gobbles. And he may gobble on the limb like he is looking for a hen, and he may answer a hen call, and he may fly down, and come strutting to your gun like it's March or April. But you give him another hour or two or three hours or whatever time frame it is that morning, and he is going to feeding, scratching or whatever, and it won't be uncommon to see him with another long beard before lunch or long beards, and they have got together, and they're truly going through their daily routine like it's middle of October. Exactly. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to find that gobbler that just fly, that comes screaming to you at 12 o'clock that day. I think the later the season runs, those turkeys that you are going to be lucky enough to get to act like that are going to have a little age on their belt. Because I think the older gobblers keep the hens longer. Yep. They're going to, I've always said, you really got about two really good opportunities to kill an old turkey at the very beginning of the season and at the very end of the season. Now, can there come a time when a gobbler gets flushed away from his hens. You get lucky, catch him at the right place. You kill him. He's got an inch and quarter 
spurs, whatever. Yeah. But as a general rule of thumb, those turkeys seem to be locked down longer than your two to three-year-old gobblers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, there's no proof to back any of that up. That's just some moron rambling about probably absolutely nothing. But all of that was just to say late season hunting here can be good. It can produce results. But as a general rule of thumb, in my neck of the woods, when you get to that end of April, 1st of May, the it seems like the structure of the mating season as a whole is just coming to an end. And a lot of your long-bearded turkeys are flocking up and their minds shifted. You know, they wake yeah. up on the limb, they may be a little frisky. But a lot of that gobbling sometimes is to gobble in other gobblers. It's a different it's not dynamic. necessarily to. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. Yeah. Did any of that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, my experiences have been the same. You know, Absolutely. yeah. All the largest turkeys I've killed have been in May and Tennessee. The, that's when. Sure. If one comes in screaming late, late, late season, like you said, I'm pretty confident he's going to be toting some daggers. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think a point you made to go back about seasons being moved back from my point of view, southern states, it, it seems like states are being reactionary to other states. They it's are. Like, totally. It's totally. like they don't want to be the first one open yep. if, you know, because there's this new faction, I mean, somewhat new, a lot more people in the south who are thinking okay i can start my season two weeks earlier if i go here or i can start a week earlier if i go here yep. and so alabama moves theirs back so then mississippi's like oh heck we got to regulate our non-residents and then georgia's like we got to move ours back and it's like they're just swapping around just moving back further and further into the year to keep the non-resident horde from showing up to their state i guess <laughs> that's exactly right yeah it's it's, it's, it's just getting so, like, convoluted. I just can't, like, I don't I know. I, can't I like what Mississippi did. I don't like it because I'm a non-resident. But like you said, they didn't single out their resident public land hunters and, and move them back. They just said, residents, you can start March 15 like normal, but we're going to limit the number of non-residents we let in the state to hunt public land. And I, I'm okay with that, even though I don't I would have I would have just I would have just jumped in front of a log truck. If if Alabama would have given us that option, or you know, said, <laughs> "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna leave everything alone. We're gonna see how this goes, and we're gonna limit the non-resident pressure, or whatever." Because you know, I have a small sample size. Don't get me wrong. And like I said, and I'll say it a thousand times, you guys talk to more people in a month than I do in, in a year. But the non-resident pressure has been the Ninety-nine point nine nine percent of the problems I've personally been dealing with, yes, COVID did increase resident pressure because oh, nobody had to go to work. Right. Yeah. But as of last year, when people were back in the saddle, the non-resident pressure here last year is the worst I've ever seen it. Same ever, here. ever seen it. I mean, not even. You know, we used to flip out in the early nineties. We'd be riding around. You'd see a car from Pennsylvania or New York, and you know, at that point in life, you're a teenager, and you're like, God, that guy really must like turkey hunting. Yeah. But every gate didn't have a car from PA or New York or wherever. Last year, it was just like it was like the this the northeast or northern northeastern states paid people to come down here and go turkey hunts. Like you know, it was just stupid. But I don't know, man. Yeah, I wish they would have they would approach to like Mississippi. Yeah, that would have been a been a little easier pill to deal with. And I know the answer is simple: just go get in the hunting club, quit complaining about it. That's true, <laughs> and that's what we're gonna have to do to hunt. But it's like. 
I'm not because I got to go pay for a, a hunting club membership or whatever like that. But it's I think it's just the overall principle of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Jim Cassido was on our show a couple weeks ago, and he said in his view, which I don't know if you know who that is, but he's kind of a historian for turkeys. Oh, I, he's got to be getting on up there, dude. He was when I got started in this game, man. He was writing a lot for like. Well, Cameron was, yeah, I guess it was. Was the magazine Turkey and Turkey Hunting out when you got in this? I think briefly, but, I mean, I, I'm only 26. I, I think it was. Okay, because it's been out of print now for a while. When yeah. I got started in this, the, 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 and, and not, to, not to derail your point here, but uh, you had the NWTF had two publications. I think it was Turkey Call Magazine, and then they actually used to do a newspaper thing called the caller mm -hmm. and i think it was put out like quarterly or something and it was just like a news showed all your like different regions and all that crap it was kind of kind of dull but then there was a magazine called the turkey hunter and the turkey hunter ended up going to turkey and turkey hunting i say all that to say this jim was writing articles when i got started in this years ago and even then i think i think he was a retired history professor if i'm not mistaken That's wasn't correct. he yeah. Yeah, but no to answer you. Hell yeah, I know all those I don't know them, but I know of them, you know, cuz back in the day, dude, you didn't have the internet. I mean, when you yeah. got your hands on a magazine, you ate it up because if you were hungry, you were going to read that thing from front to back just praying to God you could get any nugget. kind of nugget nugget out of there, you know? Yeah. But anyway, I didn't mean to get sidetracked, but yeah, it's neat well, to hear his name cuz I hadn't heard it in years. Yeah, well well he said on our podcast with him a couple weeks ago, he in his view, hunting in general and turkey hunting is going to slowly go into how hunting is, is in Europe, where it just becomes a rich man's game. Yeah. And that's going to be, you know, he said it might be 50, 60 plus years, but he's like, the way I see it going, that's that's what it's looking like. And to what you've been saying, you're kind of backing that up with your own personal, you know, views. You got to be in a hunting club. Well, then hunt club dues will go up. And then, you know, private lands are going to go up that have hunting. And so I think he may be right with the current trajectory. I don't know. I just, I never would have thought just to, if, if, if I would have crossed paths with you guys just two years ago, three years ago, I never would have thought that, you know, in 2022, which all this really started, I guess, you know, bull over in 21 or late 20 after COVID, you know, and all those numbers skyrocketed or whatever, but if you really look at a lot of the state harvest, you know, numbers from so many states, I know so many of these states down here too. Let's be honest, it's just a guess. I mean, there's no Alabama. there's no data. <laughs> yeah, like ever since I've been turkey hunting in Alabama, how the hell do they know how many people are hunting them and how many people are killing them? What y'all checked I mean, in what like six thousand or something? <laughs> you know, it's like they need to do a they need to do a hunting license in the state of Alabama that if you're going to go turkey hunting. You need to buy a turkey stamp, or you yep. need to buy yeah. you need to buy something that lets the state know Ricky Joe is going to go turkey hunting this spring. Plain yep. and simple. Yep. That, you, to me, you and Andy, that seems pretty simple, but apparently that's a big ask. Sure, sure, everything is. I mean, I can remember when I started hunting in Missouri. If you killed a turkey back in the day, and, and, and quite a few states were like this, and doing the U.S. Slam, there are. When I did it, there were still some states that this was mandatory in. You would take the turkey to a location, and they would, like, weigh it and measure the yeah. beard and log it in a book. And then Missouri went to, like, the telephone thing, you know, back in early, mid-2000s or whatever. And now all you got to do is pick up the phone and call it in or whatever. I mean, I'm all for convenience. Don't get me wrong. But it's just, like, the harvest numbers, I don't know. I just 
I don't know anyone. Maybe it's the areas everyone hunts that where you hunt in Alabama, Andy, or where you hunt in Tennessee, Cameron, or wherever else, like, is it truly gone from, like, you know, hearing a turkey or two a day to, like, hunting 20 days and not hearing a turkey? Like, I know I know numbers yeah. are down. It's just, like, it's just, it's people are still killing turkeys, right. you know? Right. Yeah, I think. I'm hearing less, but it hasn't gotten sure. to that yeah. point. You know, and, and so many of the of the people, the powers that be, and your Mike Chamberlain's, your Brett Collier's, they remember what it was like in the early 2000s, you know, and, and it was great. It, 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 it was unbelievable compared to what it is now, you know, the late mid to late 90s into the early 2000s. And, you know, to be able to go to a spot in Alabama and hear 10 different turkeys gobble in a morning, that was awesome. That was amazing. And I count now, on one hand how many times that's happened to me. Now you can go and if you hear two, three in a morning, different birds, that's that's a great morning. But sure, 100%. Again, go back to what you just said. You know, let's rewind history, oh, 60, 70 years. And if you heard one gobble the entire season, well, you talked about that season for years because that was just as good as putting the meat in the freezer. So, I mean, we're not as bad as we could be, but I think that's what's scaring (laughs) everyone. You know, and I I know that's what scares me is what scares you guys. Where, Where does this downward trend level out? Where's the bottom? Yeah. Are we at it now? Well, maybe if we don't make these regulatory changes to the seasons, the bag limits, the non-residents, the residents, the WMA, whatever it happens to be, maybe if we don't make those regulatory changes, we're not there at that bottom point. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's just, and the thing is, and I don't think either one of you would disagree, if we continue on, for another 20 years, the way we've been going for the past 20 years, it's almost too late. Yeah, yeah, that is true. It's unique because, like, I hunted, I went back and visited some turf this past spring that I hadn't hunted in over a decade. And the last time I hunted there, the well, the last few years I hunted back there, which was probably would have been around 2008, 2010, give or take in that category, you did not hear the turkeys in this area that you did 2001, 2002, 2003. Like when I tell you, you you were hearing at least 50% less goblin. And I'm not talking about, this isn't one trip on a two-day hunt. This is two to three years of hunting this area Yeah. for, let's just say, four to five days per trip. Then you could kind of get an idea. And then talking to locals, looking at harvest numbers, because they are somewhat more logged in these areas, that you could definitely tell that the the turkey numbers were down, just straight up down. Now, these states kept their season structured the way they were. They were attributing it to a uh, large volume of super wet springs, obviously an increase in predation. I had a game warden stop me in one of these states, and he's, you know, he was like, yeah, you just don't hear the turkeys that you used to. And I was like, why do you reckon that is? And he said, well, you see more coyotes, and there's just more predators out here. Now, that's just a game warden talking to a dumb turkey hunter from Alabama. And this was 2000, like I said, 2008, 7, 8, 9, somewhere in there. And you didn't hear them. I say all that to say this. I went back to that same region this past spring, hadn't been there in over a decade. It sounded like it did in the early 2000s. Hmm. Now, am I saying that's going to happen in Alabama and all these other places that are, you know, struggling with 
turkeys in certain regions or whatever? No, it's it's one's an apple and one's an orange. But there's got to, every everything hits a capacity with what it can carry. Exactly. The hunting in the Midwest in the late nineties and, and it could have been better in the mid nineties. I didn't get to experience it till ninety eight, ninety nine, give or take. I'd never seen anything like it. Period. It was just un you'd hear more turkeys in a morning there than you would a whole season hunting down here. It was you think that's crazy, but yeah, interview some people that have hunted yeah. there. It's is ungodly. And it's not like that anymore, but it's still good. I mean, like if you, I don't know what people are expectations are, but if you need to hear 10 to 20 goblin turkeys in the morning to have a successful morning, you're spoiled. Get, put your, get your thumb out of your mouth because you know what, how many of those can you hunt? I, man, if I hear a couple of turkeys gobble in the morning, I'm a happy camper. Now, am I saying I wouldn't like to hear eight in the morning? Sure. I'd like to hear eight in the morning, but you give me a, a turkey or two gobble in the morning and that's a success to me. Like, I mean, I, that gives me something to go off of. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to think I, like I do, but where I hunt, if you hear a turkey or two a morning, pretty darn good. Yeah. I can yeah. tell you the times that I have been somewhere where I have heard 20 turkeys gobble in a morning, you know Jeez. how many turkeys That's... I killed those days? Probably none. Zero. And I bet yeah. you know why. All you do is you walk around in circles. My figure eights, you're walking to this bird because he's gobbling. And then you get over there and he stops gobbling. But then another one starts starts up and you start walking towards that one. And that one stops and another one starts. And you start walking over there. It's an exercise in futility. Sure, absolutely. There's, there's hens everywhere too. I've, I've definitely noticed in Tennessee on years when there's a lot of turkeys, it's honestly harder to kill the ones you hear gobbling when like this past season, really down year, I might not hear one for two or three days, but when I heard one goblin, he was pretty easy to work. There were no hens. He didn't have near the hens with him that they usually did. And that's what yeah. I think Gene Nunnery even had that in his book at one point, or somebody I read a book said it actually, when you heard a turkey gobble way back in the day, he wasn't that hard to kill because he may not have heard a hen for three or four days himself, you know? <laughs> right. Right. It just was a matter of finding one, but... Well, he'd be hard to kill today when there's yeah. 30 other turkey hunters sitting underneath the <laughs> tree that he's in. From 30 different states. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and it's and it's sad because, too, because so many of them are... And, and we all have to start somewhere. We And it's like I said the first time we spoke. It's just you're constantly learning. It's just it's a, you're you're always evolving in this game. And if you're not wanting to learn and you're not wanting to get better... Please, for the love of the people like me and you guys and so many others that I know, just quit yeah. because it's like it's like you you can just go. I don't. I'm like I said a, a thousand times. I don't know what people are putting on Facebook or Instagram because I'm not there to see it. But what little bit, and I can't even hardly stomach the couple of forums that you know were are online for turkey hunting because, and this is just so ignorant to say. But it's my opinion, whatever. You know, so many people that are hunting them now, they you can tell they're very green, raw, or whatever, and they're trying, and, and I understand that. But it, it's like it's like they think they can they can just go online or whatever and get all these answers and figure it all out and, and go do it based off what they read or see on the internet. And it's just like I don't know. I just like I said the first time we I think that they're going the wrong direction and you just see more and more turkey hunters now and they just seem to be lost. And that's great for people that, you know, some people you can just, I hate to say it, but you can take advantage of those situations sometimes. I know that's a bad thing to do, but 
I don't know. It's just like it's like turkey hunters are dumber these days than they were 20 years ago. I hate to say that, and that's a very, very mean and condescending thing to say. But if anybody's going to say it, it, it'll be me, no problem. But I, I don't know. It's just it's just like they're just rude. They're careless. They don't care. They don't know about like if somebody beats you to a spot, turn the hell around. You've been beat. Go somewhere else. And if you don't have a plan B, shame on you. Go home. Yeah. Uh, it's just that whole mentality. It's just like, where's it coming from? I mean, is this, even when I first started, I knew not to go in on somebody. Yeah, It's common sense, man. Now, look, if you're parked at a gate and there's 7 million acres behind that gate, okay, I get it. Good stuff, man. It's really good, and I know everybody's like, oh, come on, like, you know, wanting to finish this thing out, but... <laughs> We'll get it next week. We're going to pick up right there. We're not cutting anything out. We got another hour of Kenny Mount next week coming for you, and just as good as the first half. And, I mean, I just – I like talking to the guy. Like, you never know where the conversation's going to go. You know? <laughs> yeah. You just, it, go, it just the, – the conversation flows so well, and, you know, we'll be talking about one thing, and then a keyword will happen, and we'll end up somewhere totally different. But it's all pertinent information, and so I yeah. really enjoyed that. I, I really appreciate Kenny doing that, coming on again. I know our listeners will enjoy it because he's always very popular amongst people, and I can see why he's got a great personality. So good yeah. stuff. It is definitely, definitely. Well, awesome. Well, man, I hope that you have a good trip. Safe trip. I hope it's successful in whatever manner you want that to be. Yeah. That's earning brownie points or earning brownie points and having feathers to ride back with you. Yeah. If if I just can make it there safely and make it home safely and enjoy some time in some new woods, it'll be a successful trip. We'll just see. There you go. Well, that's going to be my favor of the week. For those of you who are out there hunting, be safe, whether that's being extra cautious on your drive to and from, maybe getting a double mocha frappa chapa latte twist with double the caffeine for your ride, or being in the woods and just, you know, not doing something that is risky that you could look at and say, what's the worst thing that could happen? And if the answer is, I could die, don't do it. Don't do it. Think, you know. Think about the people at home that you have waiting on you to come home. And you guys be safe out there, be smart, and enjoy it. But above all, keep in mind what we're after is a wild turkey. And if you live to see another day because you didn't take a chance or do something silly because of a wild turkey, think about how many more wild turkeys you can hunt in the future. So just let's be smart out there and, and let's be considerate. As well, this is this is a time yeah. of year when we all want to get that first bird under our belt, and we want to be a little bit selfish. And I get that. Trust me, you're talking. You got selfish number one talking right here. I get <laughs> it. But let's be considerate of each other. And you know, somebody's parked at your gate on public ground, the gate you've been scouting birds, and you know exactly what they do, and they beat you there, man hit gate number two or three or four until you don't find a car parked there. So absolutely have fun, be safe and respect your other hunters. That's, that's a good way to do it. It's a great favor of the week. All right. So, Hey, before we go, I, I just want to throw something out there. So 
I have been asked by Wayne Lackey to participate in the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers event that they're having this Saturday at Oak Mountain State Park here in Birmingham. So anyone who's within an hour or two hour drive of Oak Mountain State Park, come to this event Saturday. It's going to be really cool. They're going to have a lot of different exhibits and seminars going on and I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff going on and I'm not sure how cool it's going to be because I'm going to be in it but Wayne's asked me to participate in a little turkey talk just to kind of talk about the the state of the wild turkey across the U.S. and you know not that I'm an expert on every single state but you know we're going to talk about some of the states around that that I have hunted in recently and kind of the you know where's the turkey headed in a lot of these areas and so it'll be a great time it'll be a good family event so bring the family out i know the weather's not supposed to be great in birmingham over the weekend there's a chance of some snow showers early on saturday morning again it's birmingham it's not going to snow so come on out enjoy this time and support a great organization like the backcountry hunters and anglers and i think this thing starts Oh, around 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning Saturday and pretty much runs all day long. Nope, I take that back. It runs from 8 o'clock until, goodness, 4.30, 5, 6 o'clock. And they're going to have a little turkey calling contest, owl hooting contest as well. So that to be a good time. So come on out, enjoy that. And like I said, bring the family. It'll be a great event to get them outside and expose them to the outdoors a little bit more. Absolutely. Hope y'all take him up on that. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. Except for me doing turkey talk. You know, that might be pretty boring. Yeah, everything else fun. Well, I'm glad you cut out on that because nobody could hear the negative things that you had to say. So excellent. all right well then let's wrap this thing up and i expect to see a picture of a dead turkey at about oh 8 30 in the morning tomorrow so all right you're not giving me much credit it's like two hours a day we'll see what uh, i mean i was giving you i was just (laughs) thinking maybe you wouldn't have cell coverage where you were going to be so (laughs) it's a good point i'd give you an hour to to walk the bird well, back to where you have silk coverage. breakfast before I send you a picture too, so we'll see. True. Yeah, you're a growing boy. You need some breakfast. There All you right. go. Let's wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending our time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.